Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Magnify Learning brings project-based learning workshops to schools across the country because we believe every child deserves to be a part of an inspiring story. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, the PBL Playbook Podcast will equip you with the stories, resources, and trainings you need to bring project-based learning to your school. If you want me to answer your PBL question on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Welcome, PBLers. We have a leadership episode today. Excited to have you with me today. I'm Ryan Stoyer, founder and executive director of Magnify Learning. We have been in this series called Mission Drift. Really, we're talking about launching a vision, but Mission Drift is something I think we need to be aware of. Are we are we fading away from the vision that we first wanted for our schools? So today we're going to dive into the Mission Drift around communication. But before we jump into that, I want to hit this need to know. Our need to know for today is how can librarians help with project-based learning. This comes from Sarah from Frisco, Texas. And I think it's a great question. You know, where do we fit? And not just librarians, but also our front office staff, uh, you know, these great PBL uh, systems that we see in schools, everybody's involved in project-based learning. Everybody knows the lingo. Everybody knows that community partners are coming in. They know that the learners are going to be doing things that might look a little bit different, might not fit the traditional mold. And because everybody's involved in that, they can help. So librarians should definitely be a part of your vision. Where do they fit? And here's where I think they fit, Sarah. I think you've got a couple of really great places. One, you've got additional space. You have this extra room to hold workshops, to maybe do a research workshop, to give us room to run groups. So you can start talking about group contracts. You can help lead that. Um, you can be involved in a lot of different ways and bring your expertise to life for our learners, right? As you have groups going on in your library, or maybe you're holding a workshop, you can say, oh, here's a resource that you might that might work for this. Here's another resource. Did you know about? Because right? our librarians are this wealth of knowledge, and we just don't know how to tap into them a lot of times. So just being in the space of the library or the media center, whatever you term that, right, technology hub, like there are a lot of different places that have these new names for media centers, which is great, but use the space. Space is so important um, to learning. Like we, we know that the innovative spaces can create uh, you know, innovative ideas within our learners. Another one I think is, I guess it's still similar because it's going to be about space, but the media center can be a hub for presentations, for technology. Again, I think research is a big piece. That's often something our librarians are very good at. Or maybe that uh, workshop that has to happen every year at the beginning of the year, like how do you know that you're looking at good resources? How do you vet resources on the internet? That workshop needs to take place. So what if you could do it with another partner, right? Like bring somebody else in that supports your classroom. Uh, You do need space for presentations. New technologies come along all the time. And our content teachers are not always experts in those technologies. So if the librarian can be an expert in that technology, they can now bring it to the learners and to our facilitators. 
So I think really just bringing librarians in the conversation, like don't have them on the outskirts of this conversation about project-based learning and visioning. Like this is a great place to have them involved to say, hey, I can do that. Or what about the library? Could we be a hub for that? Hey, we've always got additional space. Come on in and open up the calendar, the schedule to more than, hey, the language arts class is going to come in so everybody gets books and then you know they stay there and read for 45 minutes or whatever that piece is. Like Open up the idea that what if the schedule looked different and it became really active and learners can still get books. Like I love books, right? They can still come get books, but they can do that five minutes during a passing period or you know get a pass to go do that. So I just wonder, just a wonder is where can we bring our librarians into the conversation of project-based learning and especially in this visioning piece, how can we involve them in the conversations and see what innovation they can come up with? But let's dive into our main topic for the day now. We're going to talk about communication of the vision. And as we're going to see in our questions, the communication of the vision to different stakeholders is really important. And if it goes poorly, it can definitely be an issue to implementing your vision. So want to get ahead of that so you don't experience some of those things. So the first thing I want you to look at, I've got four different topics within communication, four questions that I'm going to ask you. The first one is foundational. What audiences do you have to communicate your vision to? What audiences do you have to communicate your vision to? So you have this great vision that you're developing and you're, you're going to have it within a, a great culture, right? You're going to have teachers that you're going to need to communicate this to. Obviously, you're used to that. You have a faculty meeting. You have some rhythm of meetings, PLCs. You have a whole slew of personalities within that though, right? Like teachers, that's not an avatar, if you will. That's what we use in this podcasting world. Like who's your avatar? Who's the audience that you're most reaching out to? Well, you've got to reach out to all of your teachers. And I like to use the innovation curve when I talk about teachers because you have some that are super innovative that will run with whatever it is that you have. And that differs too, right? It's not always the same person. Some might run with this new innovation, but push back on another one. You've got some on the innovation curve. The next section is they want to make sure that it works first before they jump in. Then you've got early adopters, you've got late adopters, you've got laggards, and every one of those sections need a little bit of a different communication style. Some people want to see it to believe it. Some people just need to hear about it. Some people want to see research. Some people want a book. So think about when you look at your teachers, don't just think, well, this is the message I'll give to my staff. Because within your staff, you've got high variability. And you know that. And you know that sometimes your message is received well. Some people are going to need a one-on-one. Some people are going to need you to come back around to check in. So think through that even with your staff. So that first teacher bucket is a pretty deep bucket, really. Then you've got parents. So parents backing your work, your new vision is really powerful. Because now you can have somebody from outside of the school, someone not getting paid to do this work, but somebody who's obviously invested, speaking for this new vision that you're bringing. Maybe it's new. Maybe you've jumped into a system that's already innovative, but you're going to bring project-based learning. That's different than what most adults have had in their educational careers. So you're going to have parents that are used to textbook, page one, then page two, then page three, and school's not great, but you do it. Or a set of parents that don't value education, like the system didn't really work well for them, or the system worked really well for them. So you should just do it line by line, go. So again, you've got a deeper bucket there 
but you really want to get some parents on board early. So as we talk about taking a site visit somewhere to go see project-based learning in action, there are some really great systems out there that take parents with them to those visits so that you can start to get some of that support. And you know which parents, you know, other parents listen to, right? Like, so pick some key parents, some key community partners that can go and start to catch this vision with you and then for you, right? They can start to carry this vision. It's not just you shouting this, this idea. You've got other people that are backing you up. So I just mentioned it, but community partners is another uh, audience that you want to get on board. So what we find is that when community partners come into project-based learning, or they go see it somewhere else, they immediately latch on. Like community partners have no problem with this work. In fact, they're often asking, are all the classes going to be doing this soon? Why isn't everyone learning like this? So they can be great advocates for you because they see the authenticity, they see the employability skills that learners are picking up, and that's what they want in their businesses. But they also know, it's like it's not just a selfish thing, they also know that those are the skills that really make you successful and give you so many more opportunities to do what you've been called to do. So the first thing you want to do is look at the audiences that you're going to communicate your vision to. So I gave you a couple buckets of teachers, parents, and community partners. And then just recognizing that each of those buckets, it's a pretty deep bucket, right? So you've got a complicated job with this change process and this visioning process. So that's why that's the first one is you can, we can overlook that pretty easily and just say, well, I'll just let everybody know. I'll send it out my newsletter. And we've actually developed at Magnify Learning a whole page. So you can go to the resources, whatispbl.com and get that download. And within there, there's a whole page that just says, what is PBL? And it's designed to, to do exactly this. There are some videos, there's research on there that spells out what is project-based learning in a dynamic way to hit a lot of different personalities that are in your buckets of communication. So really plan that out well so that you can figure out how you're going to communicate your vision to your stakeholders. The next question, and I'm just going to hit this one really, really quick because we're going to talk about it in the next leadership episode. What is the value that project-based learning will bring to these different audiences. And we're really going to hit this one hard in the next bucket of the leadership episode. That'll be episode 73. And that's going to be impact. What's the impact of project-based learning? Why are you moving to this instructional model? And the value proposition will be a little bit different for each of your audiences. So we'll want to connect those. But we're really going to hammer that in episode 73 that's upcoming. So the next question is, what is your role in communicating your vision? What's your role? Who are you going to speak to? And then the follow-up question that is, who else has a role in communicating your vision? And so you're going to communicate this to teachers, to students. They're going to talk to parents. So how do we help others communicate your vision well? So it's not you trying to talk to the 10,000 people in your community. Right? How can we equip others to have a role in communicating your vision? Now, if they're going to communicate your vision, some of you, and, and, and I'm one of these, I immediately tense up just a little bit. Like, somebody else is going to communicate my vision? Like, I, it's my vision. I need to communicate that well. Well, here's the thing. Everyone's going to communicate your vision to someone else. Are they going to do it well? Are they going to do it clearly? Every parent's going to say, you know, at the next soccer game, they're going to say, hey, you know what my kid's doing? Here's what their school's doing. And then they're going to say, 
this is project-based learning. And, and, and what's the next thing that comes out of their mouth, right? How do we help them clearly communicate your vision? And I think that's something we really need to walk through. And that's why that what is PBL page is important. And you can use that. You can just connect that page to your school website. That's why we designed it, actually. So you can take that URL, connect it to your site. This is what PBL is. And we give you a robust answer for people. So they can do the same thing. I would encourage you to do that. Hey, parents, this is exciting. As you talk to other parents, here's a page you can use to explain this new vision. So what can you create or how can you help people communicate your vision? Because the reality is is they will communicate your vision, but they're going to do it through their lens. So as much clarity as we can give them, the better. And if we've done that well, then they're a great spokesperson for you, right? Now they're communicating the vision well. They're excited for you, right? In that very first step, if you're taking parents on school visits so they can get fired up, now at the soccer game, they're saying, man, you wouldn't believe what they were doing at this school. And we went to go visit. We're going to bring it to our school and you're going to love it. It's going to be so good for our kids. Oh, really? Great. And then they're going to keep watching the soccer game, like, which is kind of weird, right? Because this is our whole life. Like our vision is tied up in this. We're passionate about it. And our passion is a very small side conversation at a soccer game. But the feeling that we can convey in that small conversation that happens at the soccer game is really important. So if it's a positive conversation, the positivity of that feeling of of project-based learning is now passed on to the other parent. So whatever your vision is, you want it to be connected to these positive feelings and outcomes. That's why the impact is going to be really important in episode 73 coming up, that we can communicate the impact. So that's the part of the vision that gets communicated well. So I don't expect your parents at the soccer game to be experts in project-based learning, but I do expect them to have part of your vision and be behind it. Like, yes, I 100% support our principal in this. It's going to be really good for our kids. I saw it at this school. Here are the things that are going to happen. Are they going to know what a driving question is? Not yet. At some point, they should. Your, your learners should be able to communicate that. But they're not going to know all the nuts and bolts, but they do need to know that your vision has a positive outcome for kids and be able to communicate that. The last set of questions that I have for you are going to be a little bit of homework for you. And you're not going to want to do it. You're going to say, okay, I get it, Ryan. But you should write it down. Maybe that's my eighth grade English teacher coming back. but I was right when I was talking to those eighth graders that they should write this down. This is the visioning portion of this. And maybe it should be the first part of communication, but I put it towards the end because here's the question I want to hit you with. What can happen if your communication rolls out poorly to these audiences? What can happen if your communication rolls out poorly to these different audiences? If teachers, parents, and or community members don't catch your vision correctly? The short answer is that if it rolls out poorly, it's very difficult to get that back going in the right direction. Totally possible, right? You'll do it as you have expos, as parents start to see the work that their kids are doing and other classes are doing and teachers see how your your learners are engaged, how many partners are involved. It'll get there, but now you're fighting an uphill battle. So think about that. What happens if the communication rolls out poorly to audiences? And I would have you write down some bullet points or a narrative of what does that actually look like? What does it feel like? What are the calls that you now have to take and explain? And you'll do a great job. You'll re-explain your vision to somebody who's upset or or questioning and you'll get them on board, 
But what if you didn't have to do that? What if we could plan this where it rolled out successfully? Which is the last question. What would it look like when your communication plan is successful? When you go through these questions and you think about your stakeholders, you think about the impact, you think about your role and the role of others in communicating your vision, what's it look like when it goes well? You should really write that out. And I know that's going to be difficult, but taking the time to daydream on that a little bit, give yourself 15 minutes to go through those questions. What happens if it's poorly? What happens if it's successful? Because if it's successful, now you've got momentum. You've got people with a clear vision of where you want to take them, and they're on board. They're encouraged. They're positive. Are they going to be 100% on board? Maybe not, because they still need to see the results, and that's okay. That's healthy. Right? You shouldn't just swallow whatever comes down the pipe. You should have some healthy, show me this is going to work to your vision. But what if everybody started off on the, the same page, the right page of, yep, this is going to be good for our kids. Everybody wants what's good for our kids. If you start with the why, your teachers, your parents, your community partners, they're going to say, we want great opportunities for our learners. Then your job as the leader is to put this vision out here of this is how we're going to start walking down that path together. And if you have that, a successful communication plan that rolls out, you now have momentum and culture pushing you towards that finish line. Finish line is always a strong word for me, but moving you along in that journey to where implementation is moving forward. Wouldn't that be awesome if everybody was on the same page and with you on the vision? It can totally happen. But clear communication is a really important part to this process. So you might need to replay this episode, talk through some of those questions. We'll put them in the show notes so that you can write them out and make some answers to those. And then you might take it to your admin team. Say, hey guys, how are we going to roll this out? Make that a collaborative portion of this vision of how can you roll this out and then how can they help? I would suggest that you do it first because it's your vision. You need to be set on this and then bring your team in. I like to call it wet cement. Like I'm pretty sure this is where we should go, but let's talk through this now. Right, so work on that. Look at your communication. Just Even just let it simmer in your head a little bit. Every time you're communicating, think through stakeholders, value, what's your role, and what's it look like when it goes really, really well? Because I'm sure it will, because you're thinking about this well. All right, friends, get out there and go engage your learners, tackle boredom, and transform your classrooms. <music>